What's up? Episode five of the 2021 Draft Champions podcast. I'm here with, um, I'm humbled by Mike Masato, Mike the Mouth. He's uh, coming back. He's giving me a second chance. He's done so much for me. He's uh, let me draft with him. He's uh, been a mentor. He's uh, behind closed doors, been a very nice guy, and he has a great heart. So I'm glad to have him back here. As, uh, many people wouldn't know that don't get to talk to him like I have the privilege to. Are you crying? Are you on mute? Man, I just poured my heart out to you. And I can't hear anything. You were, you were gone. I was gone. Did you hear anything? Yeah, you, 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 I, was, I said, so I heard what you were saying. I'm able to have you, blah, blah, blah. And I tried to respond to it, and you weren't there. Were you trying to text me instead of talk, or what were you doing? No, I was trying to talk to you. Okay, well, you're, you're trying, like, I didn't know. I didn't know. You're saying you're trying to respond to me. We're, we're having a voice. We're having a conversation here. So are you, are you going to now respond to what I said? I, 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 I was going to respond, but you were, this, you were talking, and then I said something, and, but you weren't there. You heard nothing. How are, you are you done now? Are you done now? That was, that was the intro. Is that it? You done? What do you want? Do you want me to do it again? No, I, I just want to make sure that you that you know you were there, but I didn't hear you. But whatever, you know. Do you, you explain to people how we're doing the show right now, how this came to be, and why I'm doing the show the way it is right now? I forgot to say that you complete me. Yeah. Okay. How about you? You know, you completely rip off my players that you're, we're drafting with together because that's the way you're trying to get better now. That's your new draft strategy in the early season, right? They do draft with me and then start taking my players again in other drafts. Is that how you do it? Um, I, we'll have, we'll get into that, but I don't, I don't think so. I, th I think maybe no, we'll it, might, it might be we'll the other way around. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, look, yeah. The, fact, the fact of the matter is we didn't tell people that we had a two hour show, of course, that I wasted my time on because your technical, in, in, you know, you know, inabilities, you know, just destroyed the entire show. You had to get cute with the whole thing and it wasted two hours of brilliance that no one's ever going to hear. Well, we could, we could, we could let them hear it. It's just, um, terrible audio, but you know, it's only the best. Exactly. I, I want the best for you. Now, here's the fundamental problem. When you're doing an audio show, if the audio sucks, you have nothing. You understand? That, that's the problem. Okay, so you, you can't have having bad audio when you're doing audio is a problem. <laughs> and that's why you've opted to do the show, the show while yeah, driving, they're, they're driving in a car. Though. Yeah, exactly. I'm driving in a car. Audio is paramount, so I suggest that we do this while I'm driving in the car for an hour. Okay, it makes right, sense. So I'm, right, so I'm driving at, at like almost midnight in, in horrible weather drafting a draft right now at the same time and, and trying to give you a, uh, a podcast guest appearance all, uh, all at the same time. Get right into it. You're, you're saying that I'm taking your guys. I don't know who your guys are because like people, people get upset about using the term like acquisition budget and owning players. People already get upset about that, but not only are you, are you, you want to own players, but you actually physically have entitlement to these guys. So it's like you're taking the ownership to a completely like new level here. Why do people get upset about the terms ownership and, uh, you know, what acquisition? What, what are you saying now? What, what, is there, is auction, there, is auction acquisition. I don't know what word is actually the bad word, but it's either auction acquisition and own is definitely bad. Execute trades. I heard that was a big problem as well. I, yeah, I said that. Yeah. Yeah. Like a trade execute. That's terrible. And now, 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 now we're bringing, now we're bringing political correct tricks to fantasy baseball. Okay, but well, you have the wrong guy. You have the wrong guy on for that. 
okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna save the political stuff for the end, so people we can just get into baseball. But yeah, you you're talking about you. I'm getting your guys. I don't know. I thought I don't know. You can tell me who, who you're referring to specifically soon. But um, Nick, you took Rosarina in the in the fourth round. You could have at least, you're you're on the yeah. turn. You could have at least waited for the, the fifth round, so everyone could say, oh. Mike DeMouth, the most famous uh, player in the NFBC, took Randy Ray's arena in the fifth round. At least he wouldn't start costing more and more. Like you got to look at the long run here. You got like the eighty. Like, you're building the ADP here. You might as well have taken him the next pick and taken Urias in the fourth. Well, because because they because they got the number one pick in this draft, you know, and and uh, obviously I put it to good use. And I've, and I've already built probably a team that could win the thirty thousand dollar overall draft championship. It's definitely got. It's got enough upside to do that. I'll give you that. Yeah, you damn right it does. I mean, I, I mean, I'll take it. So. All right. So. Um, even, though I'm not hashtag, even though I'm not entirely hashtag drafting with idiots in this one, you know, it's only half a draft is like that. My part. Which part? Which part of I? Well, actually, I'm stealing your guys. So I like. Obviously, I'm not. There, there are a lot of NFBC players who claim to be, you know, so great that they. That's what they do. They feed and prey on, you know, the, the weaker elements of the and, and for. Uh, you know, try to make money off, you know, off, off people like that. You know, that All right. Of, so since, since, since I fucked up the audio and uh, you're gracing me with like, this is the third hour of your time with like no results yet. Um, I should let you like air your grievances. Is there anything, air your grievances. Is there anything that you're, is just um, eating you up right now that you have to get off your chest other than people drafting slow and then me messing up, me well, fucking up the last episode, people drafting poorly. No, I mean, the, you know, the early season draft, I'm already like, how many drafts in now? I think this is my, what is it, four yeah. already this season? I mean, yeah. I mean, this is my, Same this is my fourth, fourth one already. So you're learning. So you're learning from me that, you know, start drafting early, you know, because you asked me how many drafts I think I'll be doing. I'll probably do at least 15 of these, you know, when it's all said and done um, before the actual season. I may even do more this year. Well, there's, pro, there's pros and cons to drafting early, right? Say that again? There's pro, there must be pros and cons to drafting early. Well, the only well, the cons of drafting early is that you know people find out who you like, it gets out you know earlier, sooner or later you know and see who people like and things like that. You know, also you're also drafting a lot of the same people, so you know, unfortunately, not a lot, not a lot of variable you know variability. You might have in other drafts because people start you know you have the same players, the same people going up to the same guys. So you know, as it gets more into it, these drafts become more diversified. But you know, as far as you know, injuries and you know things like that, you're concerned. I mean, uh, uh, what look, do you mean I'm, the same guys? Like, there's only like you have to draft 750 players in this in this draft. Like, of I'm talking about drafting with. I'm saying so drafting with the same uh, competitors. Yeah, in each league. they want pretty much the same guys. You know, so they want they end up picking. You know, like they have a draft board. They look, they're going by the previous draft boards and they're looking at your picks, each other's picks. You know, that that that's the ADP right now. Well, wouldn't you, wouldn't you wouldn't you say that people that are drafting in March have an advantage because? Players that will the players that will draft will get injured by the t- by that time, and then jobs will, people will come into um, into the realm of the of the the drafting. Talk how, how is there, how the the odds now of anybody getting injured any higher than they are in March? You know, it's a crapshoot. You know, people can get injured the day before the season; they can get injured three months out. You know, I mean, you, know, you can say oh, hindsight twenty twenty. Oh, I should have drafted that guy. Well, you know, I not, I'm not I'm not going to draft Acuna right now. Because number one, because he might get injured. I mean, that's well, no, I'm saying, so, you know, I'm, I'm saying, okay, you're, you're right about that, but I'm saying, like, globally, the 15 of us that are drafting right now, we now have, um, we'll have a higher pr- propensity to have injured players than, like, on our roster than players that are drafting in March. You think so? Yeah, I think so. 
there's just there's just more there's more there's more time to get injured. And well, more time I mean, to get cut. Uh, well, I mean, not not you know, I was in a, you know in the, in the premature league that I was in not last year but the year before. Drafting with Lindy Hinkleman, who's one of the best of the best. You know, he won the he won the overall draft championship drafting in the second draft of the year, out of three thousand uh, draft champions drafts. Okay, that doesn't seem to bother him at this point. The great see the great ones rise to the top. Okay, the great ones always come out on top. Exactly. You know, I have a lot of drafts from early season last year. You know, in a season when there was going to be COVID and there was a season when there was going to be, you know, it was going to be a disaster and all, you know, it's going to be going back and get injured, et cetera, et cetera. I still did very, very well. And, you know, won some draft championships that were drafted pretty early as well, too. You know, so I had no fear, fearless drafting, you know, drafting this time of the year. I like it. Are you, are you, are you drafting players that had COVID more highly because they're not going to go, they're not going to miss time next year? Or are you thinking that there might be a delayed season? Are you, are you thinking about COVID at all? Or no. just... It's a hoax. It's a hoax. No, I don't think it's a hoax. I'm, I'm just saying I'm not thinking about it at all because I, I can't go into a draft thinking, you know, will there be a season, will not be a season, or the abbreviated season again, or whatever else. I mean, you know, I did what the last year. I just drafted that it was going to be a full season, and what I let the chips fall where they may. And that's right it. Okay. Okay. So um, the reason why I wanted to have you on, um, what, well, one of the reasons. Um, that made this special is this we're having champions on this weekend. You are a champion. You won the New York Super last uh, for 2020. So um, that draft, like, did you feel the best coming out of that draft of all of your 30 whatever drafts you did, or like, how did you feel when you when you completed that draft? Did, did you know that? Did you know you had a special team? Yeah. Did I feel the best coming out of it? Like I had the, the, the winning team. Well, yeah, no. Did, did you feel better about that draft than some of, like than most of your other drafts because um, like that was a winner or like I know, I'm not saying. You well, didn't I mean, win. I, I mean that, that was. I mean that really um, that draft. I mean, technically, really no, because going into it, you have to remember we did that draft, you know, in Manhattan, you know, uh, live with about only the several live drafters that there were this year into a, into a, you know into a, a private venue and just just at the just coming out of the height of COVID at the time. And, um, you know, and it was like the second high stage draft. And a lot of those players were in the main event draft I did, you know, several hours before that. Usually the other way around with the ultimate is that it's, it's a, you're coming out, that's the first high stakes, uh, really super high stakes draft of the year. Uh, and no one knows, or no, no other draft under their belt um, to do. So, you know, that I felt like I was, you know, not as, not as confident, but especially with that crew that's there because they're, uh, some of the best of the best, and uh, and whatever. I thought it was a solid draft, um, you know. But uh, and you know, and a lot of those players hit late. Like you mentioned I had a bunch of misses early, and a lot of people hit late. Yeah, you did. So, you, had some, you had some good hits. I saw you, like you showed you shared your draft board. You have got Corey Seager late. You had Luke Voigt among other players. Um, so those were obviously players that helped you win your league. Um, but then you also had Dominic Smith. You said that you dropped um, not too uh, shortly after the season started. So. Tell everyone else that's not as experienced as you and has played for as long as you have. Like, how? What would your what would your advice be to uh, players that drop a like a, a player that ends up being a stud, and how you, how do you overcome that? Well, look. First of all, at the time you're drafting, you're not doing anything. They don't they don't have a role. They're not playing. You know, you don't know if they're gonna blow up like that. I mean, it's like you know, I took him. What he was my 29th round or 30th round pick, I think it was in that draft. And some some years you get lucky and you hold on to him. Like I had Mitch Garver in a, in a bunch of leagues a couple of years ago. And as a 30th round pick, and that helped me win a main event, you know, doing that. 
Uh, and then you have leagues like this, like, you know, Dom Smith, who thought he was going to get the playing time and blow up and bust out, you know, with the DH and everything, and he had a great year. But, you know, you can't dwell on that. We make, Over the course of it, you make a lot of dumb moves. You drop some players. Um, obviously, that's heightened in a shortened season like that. That could have been a killer move. Uh, it could have cost me the whole year. It didn't, thankfully, because I had a lot of my late-round picks, like Trent Christian and Luke Boy. I think I, think I had a Seeker, Voight, um, Bundy, and Grisham all, like, virtually back-to-back, you know, yeah. and run there. And that makes up for, like, sure, you know, some whiffs like, you know, Marte, Kettle Marte, who had a horrific, really did a nothing season, things like that, you know. So, I mean, obviously, everybody's going to make some move like that over the course of a year. And, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, you just want to make sure you hit, you have more hits than misses, you know, to compensate for any, um, you know, mistakes like that you might make. But, again, you don't you don't know that. So if it's not like you drafted, you know, Dom Smith and he was killing it, you dropped him. You know, you know no one knew that was going to be the case. And right. no, no one went into the season thinking, oh, this is going to be the Dom every year there's somebody like that. You know, and that, that's where the luck factor comes in. You know, luck does come into play in these drafts, you know. And uh, sometimes you have to get lucky. And, uh, and so I did, you know. Uh, I, I remember vividly, I wasn't thinking about taking Corey Seager. I, mean, I had a ton of Corey Seager and a lot of other places I wanted him. He was getting pushed up more and more. I already had Bichette in this draft as a shortstop, and I wasn't planning on taking my, my middle infielder right there at that point. Um, I had a second baseman as well. And then uh, I said, oh, maybe I'll just go with uh, Josh Donaldson. You know, as much as I can, you know how much I hate Josh Donaldson. You, know, but you hate him even more. Like, okay. You know, and then I, I didn't because uh, some guys took him. A couple of rounds before, a couple of picks before, I said, okay, he made my decision easy for me. So it was an obsequious. So sometimes you get lucky, you know, because he would have been my second choice that round, you know, so it worked out great, you know, for me to have him, you know. So there's like, there's a luck factor involved. And, but obviously, you know, you, you can also create your own luck by not having, you know, be picking a lot of, you know, making solid picks and, uh, and, uh, and early on, like having like a DeGrom, that people were scared of DeGrom by then. It was, and he ended up, I ended up taking him. Still stuck with him in the first round. It ended up being a great pick to have. And, uh, you know, and there, and there it went from there, you know? Yeah, so you said, you said uh, I remember you said you were on the DeGrom uh, side versus Cole last year. You preferred you preferred him over Cole. Yeah, and, and, and um, you know, worked out great, uh, DeGrom, yeah. uh, that way. And, uh, you know, sometimes you got to stick to your guns. I mean, I, I, did, I did this on my other podcast. I think if you go back and listen to the podcast we did, you know, you talk about, you know, players that were hits and misses that I was predicting. I was probably 80%. You know, of my avoid players all blew up, you know, like they, like they knew they were going to do. And, you know, 20% didn't. So, so I would take that as a pretty good ratio that, uh, you know, pretty much all the shots. There were a few that didn't and ended up performing. But for the most part, if you go back and look at all those players we talked about, uh, they were all disasters, as we talked about. Right? That, yep. Yeah, most of them. Do so. you believe that, la- like, I, just hindsight's crazy uh, when you look back. Um, Gavin Lux was going ahead of Kyle or Corey Seager in a lot of drafts last year. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that now? Crazy, crazy to think about. Yeah, well, look where I got him. Yeah, go back to the go back to the draft. You know, uh, yeah, you, you get him like in the one fifties, one sixties, sometimes one seventies last year is insane. Right. Yeah, that was great. But but again, people forget. You know, um, you know where where he was going. You know, when he was at his peak before he got hurt. You know, the guy was a third or fourth round pick. Yeah. Now he's a second round pick, according to you. Well, on a, on a two, three turn, what's wrong with Corey Seager right there? Nothing. Why wouldn't he? Why should? Why shouldn't he be based on what he was doing? Wait, 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 wait. I'm, I'm saying that I'm saying he legitimately is should have moved up. Should move up in drafts. And it's funny. It's funny. All these um the player the playoffs um have really dictated some 
some ADP movement over the last couple of the last several weeks, because you and I have been drafting for the last say three weeks and Seager was a fourth round pick um, three weeks ago, but these playoffs, he's just like, it's legitimate. He's a stud. Right. Yeah. I mean, so like I said, if you, if you watch the guy, you know, you know, you don't forget, you know, you don't you have the, the short term and long term memory in this sometimes too. And look, look at, look what he did this year. I mean, if it, if it was a full season, that guy would have what 40 homers easily. Right? Oh, yeah. That was a over Easy. 300 batting average. How many times do you have over 300 something batting? How many players you can do in recent memory get over 300 something batting average and 40 something homers and, you know, and uh, whatever? What, JD Martinez? Yeah, not right? too many. I mean, how no. many, you know, players? Not too many. So, no. You know, this year, I mean, I'll take the start of this draft any, uh, any day. You now, starting uh, uh, the way I've started in this particular one. Yeah. Um, so, one, one question I, I haven't asked you before, and I don't know if this was on my agenda, but um, like, um, how do you determine when to target positions or categories like pitchers or hitters or catchers, or like when you want to target your speed, like in these drafts, like, do you, like that, I think that's the, I think that's the hardest thing to really wrap your head around in these rotisserie leagues. Um, like, did you have a strategy last year? Did it work? Or, or like, are you going to uh, modify that at all this year? Or do you sort of, um, or is that not something, or do you really um, prioritize other um I guess, thought processes. Say in a draft, going into a draft, like I have to get my, you know, speed here or start taking my positions here. It's like, it's like, you let the, when you're doing, when you're doing drafting, it's different than I guess when you're doing auctions or when you, you, you know, and that kind of thing, we have some control over, you know, um, what players you want and on your craft, you're, you're building a team. But, you know, and this is what I want to talk about, the nuances of a snake draft. All right. It's, I think it's very, I think in many ways, it's much harder than an auction. All right, yes, auctions, you have to manage your money and all that kind of stuff. But if you want to play, you can get them, you know. Uh, drafts is not like that. So you have like 14 other guys that want, probably want the same guys you do at a certain time, you know. So, so it's more like, oh, when do I jump this guy? When do I take this guy? You know, whatever. So, you know, you really have to you know your competition, know the flow of a draft, know, you know, and that, that kind of thing. And uh, so, you know, I don't go into a draft thinking, okay, I got, oh, I have to get my speed starting in the second round or whatever, you know. Yeah, but you – I say, okay, well, I want to get uh, guys to fill up the five categories in the first several picks because then they're going to dry up. You know, yeah. I want to get, I want to get my, my starting pitcher anchors, you know, with my anchors for my ratios, you know, things like that. But, but you have to take what the draft gives you, you know. Uh, you can't always just say, I'm going to have this guy here. I got to have him. You know, like I love to have Bichette, you know, in uh, May draft. Who wouldn't in May draft this year? If you haven't been watching, you know, that guy is going to have a you know, full season and have an immense year. I mean, he could have a Corey Seager-like year easily. You know, coming with, up with more stolen bases, with more stolen with 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 speed, with speed. You know, so that well, why shouldn't he be? And then you look at this draft. You know, already people, somebody in this draft, you know, took him in the first round. Yeah, pick thirteen. Pick thirteen. You know, I'm like, and I and and I was getting him second round. I think that's where he should go. But now, and I, and I knew I was going to get a whiff of him in this particular draft. Yeah, yeah. imagination because I was on the turn. There's no way he was going to get back to me. But, yeah. but I figured. Well, you should have taken him. You should have taken him instead of Acuna. Yeah, yeah. First overall, yeah. I just, yeah. yeah. I'm sure in retrospect, yeah, that would have that would have that would have made news. By the way, uh, uh, Greg Blankenship's still on the clock. He's got 20 minutes left, so you, we're we're safe. He'll, he'll probably uh, time out. So he might. He might. It's midnight. See. Yep. So anyway, people gotta, people got to get their priorities straight when it comes to these drafts, man. You know, and when you're drafting, what what else is more important? You know, I, I hear so many excuses this time of year about people drafting, why they can't draft, you know, oh, I got to sleep, my kids, 
my wife. I got to go to my favorite. I got to, I'm in church. I mean, that's the best place. To, the best place to drive is in church. I mean, come on. I mean, what's yeah. what's more what's more spiritual religious than drafting in fantasy baseball, right? I mean, come what, on. What did I say when we talked about this? I said it's probably the most productive thing you can do in church. Exactly, and I, I know I'm talking to the atheist. I know. <laughs> I know people. I know that. I know that. So um, you know. So I mean, like I said, and then and then I, and I gave the last last thing you'll never ever gonna hear about all my advice. You know, for managing your your wife or significant others, we did talk about that. But now that's all lost in oblivion. I talked about all these greater things. So how do you manage and control? If there's one thing that I've learned to do over my over my years is learn how to control my spouse when it comes to fantasy baseball. So first time around, it was divorce her. So that, that worked out great. I divorced <laughs> her. You know, I, I just unloaded her. All right, that worked out fantastic. Okay, I, I was free. Well, that's, 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 a that's, safe, that's a safe option. Like that's like, that's, yeah, that was a valid. It was just, it was either that and I said, okay, I, I have to go with the divorce. That that's, that's, the foolproof. Second, that's foolproof. That's foolproof. Like, foolproof. You're free. Works out great. Second time around before I got married, I, I let the wife know. All right. And many of the people that draft fantasy have met my wife at, uh, at the live events because I have, uh, I drag her along to, you know, set up the events and, you know, I'll cater, set up the catering, set up the draft room, all these fun things because it comes with the territory. I said, look, here's the deal. Okay. You support me on this. You understand this is part of what I do. I, and I tell her and explain to her, this is like an addiction. Okay. You wouldn't be critical of my addiction if I had like a drinking problem, you know, or a drug problem. You'd want me to get help. But the problem yeah. with fantasy baseball, there's no cure for this addiction. See, except drafting more, you know, it's like you need to get your fix. Right. Yeah. See, and so I explained to her, I need to draft more so I can help my addiction. So what is she going to say? She's going to be insensitive and not understand that I have a problem. I have a, I have a serious problem. I don't know. They, some, some people don't understand that they're going to take a golf club to your like SUV, right? Like Tiger Woods. He's, 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 he had the same excuse. He's like, listen, this is just an addiction. Yeah, that was that was that was a sex addiction. They they're supposed they're supposedly help for that, right? There, you know, whatever it is. But they, there's no help, right? It's like it's like it's like the famous you know line, the Chris, famous Christopher Walken line from SNL you know, in the Blue Oyster Cult thing. You know, I got a fever, right? For more, yeah. the only thing that help me is more cowbell, and that, that's it. it. It's the same thing with the, the drafting. So if you have a wife, if you don't understand, especially if you're winning money, why should your wife complain? If you, if you, if you, that, that's a that's a cure of all things. If you're winning money, your wife shouldn't complain. So you know what I did when I won the big money this year? I just here yeah, I put the I, I put her name on the check, you know, whatever, because she's gonna spend it anyway. You know, it's reparations yeah. money. You know, at this point, it's all going somewhere. One way the other is getting spent on her. All right, and I said, hey, look, now then you did it makes you real. See, you're gonna complain next time when I'm doing 38 drafts before you know, around, you know, before the season starts. No, you're not. Not when you get twenty-five thousand, thirty thousand dollars at a pop, whatever that you don't have to do any work for, right? Except that stuff get off my back. So you know, it works out great. So it was, it was a, it's a fantastic, you know, synergistic relationship that we have. It's full of love and understanding and compassion, you know, and bribery. And bribery, and that's why. Yeah, and that's why. And see, look, would you rather have me out corral? I don't go out and corral. I don't have all these vices. I'm not out carousing. And I'm not out with other women. I'm not doing on drugs. I'll, this is this is the harmless pursuit. It could be doing that kind of stuff like that. So this is a very safe addiction as well too. This is the kind of stuff you should be, people should be writing down if you want to be able to control and make, and what are they going to do? And especially if you've been married for a long period of time. What are you going to do? Say, what are you going to divorce me? Yeah. You know, if you if you if you're with a partner in your life who's gonna leave you or you divorce you over fantasy baseball, you shouldn't be with this person. Right? Plain and simple. 
Oh, fuck. If you've been married for like 20, 30 years and they're, and they're going to divorce that's you. That's the worst you, thing. Yeah, that's the worst thing that happened 20 years. It's like, well, my ex used to get on me about that. That's the worst thing you can come up about me after all these years. That's the worst thing. You know, at this point. Well, yeah, if, if, if you divorce me, my problem is just like, if you think I have a problem now, it's going to get worse. Because I'm just going to draft more when I get divorced. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, I, think that's, I, think that's, I think that's great advice. I think that was like, that was. That was I think, I think all, all, that, all that is just brilliant advice that people should be following right there at this point. And, and, I, and I have to give you and, uh, one caveat. I love disclaimer. If your marriage or relationship ends in a breakup or divorce, it's not, it's not my fault. So okay. it's, all, it's all the delivery. It's all, yeah, not everybody has the, the, the uh, specific je ne sais quoi, MTM uh, little finesse to do this kind of thing. Yeah, right? ca caveat emptor. Right. Area and tour is right. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Um, we talked about the current draft. So you're saying like, okay, let's talk about the draft. Like, so the, the you're, you're, taking, you're taking you're taking my players. You took a Rosarina. I wanted him, but you took him in the fourth round. So you're taking. So my are we players. done? Are we done talking about my MTM championship? There's, I was only the second repeat winner of that league. It'll be ten years coming up. Second repeat winner in that league. Uh, I, whatever. So that, that was, uh, was, you know, important. you know, you have to do all the heavy lifting on this show. So you, know, you can't rely on me to bring up and ask that specific question. So the, only, the, the only person I wanted two times is, is, what, who is, is the man I have now named, you know, if you get a name from MTM, you're famous. I have, I have now named him the senile savant. That's Joe, Joe Thielen. The guy's like 90 years old. I, I got it. Just, just picture the scene. We're all in a freaking, you know, uh, you know, comp boardroom. Cause it was, it was, it was great. Uh, David Einhorn from green, uh, Green Life Financial, the billionaire who won it the year before, and a complete fluke, right? Mm -hmm. Who won the league and got destroyed this year, which I'm not surprised. From first to worst, pretty much. And uh, but he was gracious enough to lend us his facility there because you couldn't go get a room in a hotel or anything else like that. So we had like you know a limited number of people there. Everybody's masked up. Everybody's socially distanced. You know, in strolls Joe, in no masks. He's like he's like you know, God knows God knows how many pre pre-existing conditions he's got, and he sits at the table and dressed the entire way like that. In the, in, the, in, the, in the boardroom, doesn't even flinch. You know, the guy's, the guy's unstoppable. And, any, and, he, and half the time, he think he's out of it. And he, and every year, he's in it. And he, and he was, and we, he fought me down to the wire in this one too. Did, know, he, get, did he, he come second? He come in. He came in second. Yeah, by a point. Yeah, he did. He came uh, in second. Good so, for him. I mean, so he, he must. He wants he want some money too. He wants some money as well. He, he can buy a mask. He can buy a mask for next year. Yeah, yeah. Or, or an iron lung at this point. Whatever he's going to need. Well, it sounds like he already has iron lungs. Yeah, you know, but he's going to be in a ventilation or a ventilator or whatever he's going to at this point. But, uh, yeah, but we all survived, and it was great. And uh, kudos to uh, Einhorn and the crew and all the guys that die hard. These are the most diehard players in the NFBC. And, uh, you know, how many people line up you know, to throw $5,000 at a draft for entries fee, and they just can't wait to do it every year. Yeah. And I got a waiting list for it. So uh, for all those naysayers that were saying, you know, fantasy baseball season and didn't participate, you know, you, you lost out. So too bad. So I'm done with that. Go on. Let's go talk about what you're going to talk about next. The the draft. The, uh, the, what type of the draft we're in right now? Yes. We're, 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 we're in round. So, we're in round thirty. Yeah. We've made it. We and then, look we and that's that's over what we started this draft yesterday. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. The, 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 the draft we did before, but we finished in thirty five hours. You know, fifty round yeah. draft. And it still wasn't. And it still wasn't as fast as my fastest fast DC that I ran. It was, was uh, how fast hours. was that? Ele 11 hours and 56 minutes, which is incredible. That's fucked so, up. That, that, wasn't even, that wasn't even like one of those speed drafts. That was supposed to be a one-hour clock, and, and the 15 guys finished in 11 hours and 56 minutes. But it's still, 35 hours to 50 rounds is phenomenal. 
And even this one is not officially a fast DC. One of my fast DCs, which I'll be will be posting uh, coming up soon, and that we have a draft room. I want to say uh, kudos to Greg, uh, who I give a lot of shit every year. He finally listened to me after all these years of, of, of railing on him to have the damn draft room ready to rock the minute the World Series, and it was open the next day. So I give him a lot of credit for that. What credit is due, and uh, and uh, and we have a draft room for the NFPC. So, and uh, I couldn't even tell you the website to go to the play NFPC. Please play, please play NFPC.com. Is that what it is? Yeah. So, yeah. I got I got it right. So I got I got I got to send in for my royalties check. But anyway, so we're drafting, and you know we got a great draft going on this one. I and I ended up I, I just sneaked in the last minute, and I got the number one pick, which I rarely ever get. And I'm very happy the way this whole thing is uh, shaken out. To start off with. Yeah, me too. You're happy with the draft? You know, I gotta say you did you did draft better in this one than normal, right? Because you're uh, obviously your 20 uh, 20 fantasy baseball season. How, how would you? What would be a good word to uh, describe your 2020 baseball uh, four-way into the high-stakes arena? In the high stakes, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I didn't do as well as I expected to do or wanted to do. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't, th- I don't think um, it's not gonna, it's not gonna knock me down in terms of my confidence and my drive to draft a lot. It's not gonna stop me from drafting. But you know, I had, I had guys like Albies a lot, and who's, um, I, like, I, I don't, I don't think that was a problem with my process. It's just a problem with the results. See, and what you have to now learn, okay, grasshopper. Okay, is that you had a guy you loved like Albies, right? Who screwed you? So what mm-hmm. do you do? You gotta go right back to the well this year and start drafting him everywhere, all over the place. Well, I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I have. I've, I've got him once out of four right. drafts. But he's going. He's going early. Like he went. He went. Um, the same guy that took Bichette in the third with the thirteenth pick of the first round. He took him the first pick of the second round for like his first pick of the second round. So that would could, uh, could, could be a nice pairing there. So. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, and he's he's gotten he's gotten twenty eighth, twenty eighth, eighteenth, and then I took him also the second round once. So he's going early, man. So he's going he's going earlier than last year. So there's nothing. I don't think there's anything wrong with that pick. It just screwed me over. I got a lot of Kettle Marty that hurt me. Got a lot of Jack Flaherty. None of these players were bad processes. I just um barely got any Bueller. Didn't get any Bundy. Um, you know what? Um, I don't know. Just how, many, just, how, many five just, category, how many five category, potentially five category second baseman are you going to get this year, let alone second base period, you know? Yeah, so, that's, why, yeah. that's why he's going so early. And it's because the other second baseman busted. And you know what? You're talking about um, your pick in the second round, Catamarde, and the, the, the league you won. There was just so many busts in that second round. I think just like that Bieber pick in the second round, whoever got him there, is just like it was a double-edged sword because not only did you get like the, most, the best player in baseball – but you also got um, you also avoided all these landmines in the second round. You avoided your Strasburgs, Flaherty's, Buellers, uh, Rendon, Bregman, all these. Well, Rendon not so much, but like you know Devers, like for what they for, for where they went, like like what else was good in the second round? Strasburg, did I mention him? I did. Well, but, but but again, a lot of those plays you named, you know, they were on the avoid list. Those guys I would not take, and I think I mentioned a bunch of those guys that I would not touch. Yeah, that's year. true. And I was right, and they and they, and they ended up busting. Hey, you're yeah. back to your, but you're back to the avoid list. Well, in this draft, with, um, or was it the draft before that with Carrasco? Yeah, well, I mean that that draft, I wasn't planning on taking Carrasco. I mean, at least Carrasco wasn't a bust last year. If any year was going to bust, it would have been last year coming off, you know, what he went through. Yeah, true. That's true. And if he didn't bust last year, he could, he could pitch like that. He should still have some stuff left in the tank. And the Indians with their pitchers, you know, uh, I think kind of like what you see with the Reds pitchers. Uh, um, and you see what I you see what I'm doing this draft, Mr. Molly and Mr. Antone. Yeah, okay. 
Um, so, uh, but those nice we got to understand those guys are more valuable to me in this draft because I've drafted Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray. So if either of those guys go down, those players, well, Molly should have a, a, um, a spot in the rotation anyways, but like, um, um, TJ Antone's, he's more valuable Please. to me than I think to anyone right. else. So, so basically, you know, your, your strategy was draft the entire red starting rotation basically. And, it, and you saw me. I did. I did that last time we dropped last year too with Bauer. I had a, I had a team with Bauer, Gray, and Castillo last year when we did a, one of the second chance tra- champions. So you know, like yeah. I like doing that. But I'm afraid some of those guys like Molly and Anton and Anthony or whatever the fuck you want to pronounce his name, um, th- like they might have feasted on the bad competition, right? Because well, like, you don't have, you don't have that much exposure. But you know, you have to go look at. You know, forget forget who they feasted on. Go look up their skills. We'll look at their, go look at their numbers. Yeah, they're, they're good. Like I, I liked them. Um, you know, they got great numbers. I had, I had a lot of Molly. I had a lot of Molly last year in, in draft champions in the four hundreds, right? Um, I don't know. He could be a guy that picked up steam. He's got like you look at his K walk K walk percentage. You look at um, you just look at a lot, like a lot of his peripheral numbers. He's good. He's like he's a solid pitcher, but you don't know. He's no sure thing. Um, but. Um, you had your chance to get you 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 do chance to get it, um, uh, TJ Antony or whatever you want to spell it, say his name. Um, I let you took him actually earlier in the other draft. I thought you were going to take him a bunch of times. I was going to take him at that on that in that in that round. I was going to take him. Yeah, but you could you had, you had your chance. You could take him in any of the other rounds. I mean, it just just the way this draft was going, and I think you thought I think you felt that too that you need like the hitters became more scarce um, in that area, right? I felt that way. You know, and, I, and I already loaded up with hitters, so at that point, you know, I, well, I, load, I loaded up with pitchers, so yeah. So I'm usually too hesitant taking pitchers. I always say in a vacuum, hitters are more valuable than pitchers at any given time. But the thing is, pitching runs out quicker than hitting. Like, like in, in terms of like, if you're if you're looking at a certain um, floor, right? Um, you just you just get into a you just get into a tier of more like unknown pitchers that just might be terrible before you get but into you, if you took if you took the double a strategy like you're doing there the pocket ace strategy and i'm not saying they were bad pitchers they're both solid pitchers you gotta you gotta destroy the hitting after that man not yeah. going to many pitchers and not keep jumping other pitchers so you don't need them there you know you don't yeah. need to do that so yeah i know but they, but all the all these pitchers that i liked kept falling to me um but look the hardest thing to learn man and i and i is discipline you know and, and that's the thing and i i still you know, when you have, especially when you have an impulsive personality and you're like, you know, excited personality and whatever, you know, you have to learn to rein in. I mean, because like when you, it's like a drug with the hitting there. Like in my, this trap I'm doing right now, I mean, it, you know, you know how tempting it was to take, you know, look at look my start in this draft. You know how tempting it was to train Grisham Bell to where he fell to turn and not take him on top of, and just on, on top of that one, but I would have like been left, you know. With, like, oh, you couldn't have. You, 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 you couldn't have. Right. Right, exactly. And, and, so and you know, when I, when I was thinking that, you took Rosarina, uh, where you took him, and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, like, I would, um, that's whatever, right? But I'm like, yeah, Grisham's a great, great pick there, too. But, I don't know, Grisham, Grisham, I think you're not going to, I don't think you're going to get much value where you're taking him now. He's going to, he only hit, he's only like a 250 hitter. He's going to go like 25-15. Um, that's valuable, but um, he has potentially the bottom of the lineup against lefties. So I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't see him like he's, he's going in the fourth round. I don't see him being like a second round value ever. No, yeah, well, go look, you know, go look at it as go look at his numbers. And I think he has a potential to hit higher than him. he's still very young. 
Uh, he's got a potential to hit higher than high, I think 250. But the guy could easily hit 25 homers in, and over the course of a course of a year, he could steal 25, 30 bases and, yeah. and, and score well over 100 runs. Let's not forget about that. So, um, you know, I, I, definitely, I can definitely see you justifying a fourth or a fifth round pick. Yeah, um, but that would have hurt your team, though, to get a, get a fifth. Exactly. So I, I let it go. And, you know, and, and, I, and I looked at, you know, I still look at draft position. People said, oh, I, I people comment, why are you taking Rios where he is? Because probably, you know, I mean, he was, a, I think, we're the best, one of the best starters on the board left that, it was, that wasn't going to come back. You know, 30 picks later. He probably would have come back now, but you got him. I think you got him way later in the in the other draft. But you just, I think it's just you being experienced, knowing that these players aren't going to come back anymore. Um, um, I mean, because if you see the World Series now in the books and how he fits there and whatever, and you have a lot of bets in this draft, you got to know the competition. And what's the is, 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 is my draft going to tank because I took Orius in the sixth round or instead of the eighth round? I mean, I mean, when I have that kind of hitting to back it up, no. Yep. Um, so when you have that kind of hitting, so I mean, I, 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 I think it, it, I have three, you talked about how many 30, 30 guys are going to be, you know, I have potentially three 30, 30 guys on my roster. Three. Okay. You got, you want to talk about them? I want to. Do, no, do you, are you okay telling everyone what you your anybody, team is? You think anybody's going to care or remember this by you know, the nine people that listen to your podcast? Well, I see this double that number when, when I'm on. Yeah, yeah. Are they going to really remember this like, you know, a year later or whatever? Oh, or oh yeah. Months, months well, later? I think oh. so. So yeah, you you have you, yeah you have potentially are you, are you counting Randy or Rosarina? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you talked about that people pointing out. You know, I mean, and, and, and again, what what is like I said? I, I don't understand it. What, what's so shocking about a Rosarina at this point, based on what he saw he did at the end of the season, right, and what he did in the postseason against the top pitching on uh, on the top stress. You know, why is it so shocking that he goes in a four fifth round? Or maybe even, even the latest six round. Okay, he's going six. Why would it be so shocking to take him there? So I did. I've done four drafts, and we've done drafts with generally it's been the same people in these drafts. It's been a huge overlap. So you've been drafting the same people as me. In the very first draft, like this is before like he he accomplished what he did in the playoffs. I got Randy Rosina in, in the ninth round. I picked one twenty six. That was the very first draft champions of this the whole season. Yeah, but how many NFBC, how many NFB, you know, major vets were you drafting with? Okay, let's see. Draft? Okay, I'll tell you. We, we had Matt Tantillo, the same guy that's in our draft right now. Um, Kevin Hastings. Uh, we had uh, Justin Mason, John, Johnny L from MLB Moving Average. We had John Fish. We had Joel Anthony. We had, we had Blankenship. We had James Anderson. We had um, Dave Chauvin. We had um, Brian... Monte and we had uh, Chad Fleming. So it, it was a lot of the same so, guys. So, so, so truthfully, there's a lot of, uh, you know, industry guys in that league. And, you know, they're not going to they're not going to push those guys up. That, that, a guy like that. Well, not. Yeah, but there's a lot they're of NFBC. I mean, there are a lot. You know, they play in the NFBC, but there's a lot of industry guys that are not going to put the, you know, those are, that you, you know, it's like, it's like Lewis Robert, man. Okay. He's pretty, he, Rosarena, is is a Lewis Robert of this year, right? For, easily, you know. I mean, the guy's an athletic freak. He's got a lot of a lot of similar skills. If you look at him, maybe, maybe Robert's got more bats, be a little bit more. But you see this guy swing the bat, going the opposite way. The speed that he's got as well. I saw him play against the Mets, you know, for 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 a cup of coffee with the, the Cardinals and actually destroy 
them with stolen, a couple stolen bases, a couple home runs, you know, whatever. So the, the guy, you know, is putting it together, right? You can talk about strikeout rate, whatever, fine. We heard the same thing about Robert, and I you know the league adjusts to him, right? Did you have, but, did you have him at any, um, in, uh, any DCs last year? Uh, I had him at a couple, but nothing that really made a massive difference, yeah. you know, uh, whatever. He didn't so, come. Out, he, didn't, he didn't make it. He didn't make as big of a difference in the regular season. Yeah, no, he didn't. You know, but and I had him in. A, I had him in a, the Rotor Wire 12 team team to help you some down the stretch. But it really, when I picked him up on waivers, but ultimately, but he's he's the kind of guy like when you look at Robert last year. Okay, guy was drafted going in what the fourth round, literally third and fourth round at the end of the third, fourth round by draft day in March, right in the high stakes leagues. Correct. That's where he was going. Yep. Okay, so how many major league at bats did he have prior to, the, to that? To that, how many? None. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and, and one year of blowout stats in the minors, correct? Right. right. So look what you—you you have a hell of a lot more of, of of getting to see a Rosarena in action and uh, and results. You know that he put like real major league results than um, Robert did. So why not? Why not go for it? You know, there if you're going to go for it, you're gonna, if you want him. You're going to have to get him, I guarantee you, by the time uh, the big drafts roll around, he's going to be right there, fourth-round pick. Speaking of uh, fourth round and speaking of players that move pick, up, what do you think pick. about James Karinczak? Well, I mean, obviously, Hand. If, if Hand is going to be gone, and it looks like well, he's going to he be is. gone. Yeah, well, yeah. Unless, they, unless they sign him, like, whatever, whatever. But uh, sure. he's probably going to be gone. So, you know, I mean, he's going to more, more than likely be the closer. And I think that people thought he was going to be that last year. We're drafting him pretty high. So, yeah, I mean, why not jump on him? Because, if you, you know, closers are a scrap shoot. As it is, you can speculate this early in the season. So why not take him? Where do you think, he, where do you think his ADP falls out um, from here on? Where, where he goes? Yeah. I mean, where did he go in this draft? I don't know. Um, didn't check. I took him in the, I, I took I, I actually took hand in the draft that we drafted in before this, but then I actually also backed him up with Krinchek. So uh, I took him earlier than I was really comfortable with, but that was uh, turned out to be a good move. Uh, right. well, there'll be a lot of guys like that. Krinchak. He went in the twelfth round. Yeah, which is about right. He'll probably go a little earlier than that. A little. Uh, if he ends up having the job. I mean he's gonna probably he, he, so he won't make go. it out of, he won't make it out of the sixth round. Do you think Karinczak will make it out of the sixth round? Oh, I think I think he, for me, he's he's the first relief pitcher off the board for me. You can say that, but I think the people that are drafting Liam Hendricks would disagree with you. But we'll see, man. You know, you you saw what happened on closer last year. I mean, you know, with every, with everything and and uh, how how badly they performed and what happened. Yeah. People are still, same I same. Say the same thing with Hendricks. Still, people are going to still be gun shy and and you know whatever. And, and look, I got I got I got Kenley Jansen. Look where I got Kenley Jansen in this draft. I know. I got, I, 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 I took him. I took, I took him first draft. I was talking about how 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 uh, great I was taking a Rosarina, but I took Kenley Jansen. I think before I took a Rosarina in the first draft, and now I'm regretting it because he just doesn't look good anymore. Right, he doesn't. But is he is he is he done? I mean, I don't I don't can't say that he's done. He's got a contract. He's gonna have the job until he proves he can't keep it anymore. At that point, and on a winning team, and in well, the pause. With him, is he's already had COVID, so he's not going to miss any time for that next year. Yeah, you know, eleventh round. So that's good. That's good. Using him eleventh round. I mean, I wouldn't pick him, pick him as my, you know, my first closer in the sixth round or seventh round, or where he normally was going. But in eleventh, I'll take that all day long. And I'll, I'll take my chance. I still, you know, pounded away at a ton of potential closers to close after that. So what do you think? What do you think about um, Colome? 
where I, I took him in the ninth, and he I, he's a free agent, so I don't even know if he's. Well, gonna I mean, look, Colome Colome is the kind of guy because everybody's uh, he was supposed to blow up last year, right? He was supposed to suck, and and Bummer Iron Bummer is going to take his job, and he was never going to make it, whatever. And he, and he and he was like just ridiculous, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> He'd be the kind of guy that I'd be so scared about. That he now now he's due for his blow up year. He's going to yeah, sign I a know. big contract. He's going to sign his big contract somewhere, and he can completely get shelled. I honestly think, like, in these early drafts, because you you see the value, like, later on into the 200s, 300s, and even 400s, you're getting, like, honestly, the, like, the closures that, like, you'll, we'll know later, the closures you're getting in the 400s, and this is a reason to draft early, I guess, These they're going to go in the 150s, 160s come draft season because, like, the roles are going to get more there's, – there's, there's going to be more clarity. Well, why did Diego Castillo have to go that late in this draft? That makes took him, right? sense. Yeah. I mean, I mean look at him. I mean, you know the guy, I mean? they're giving him the ball. They're giving him the ball in the, play, in, the, in the series, man. They want him to be the closer, the primary closer. I mean, even if, he does, even if he's not the primary, even if he's sharing the duties, again, he's still going to get, over a course of a year, 15 saves, potentially. Yeah. In the worst case scenario, and what round, what round, 18, 19th round? I think that you take that all day long. So. You're, you're on deck, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. Just letting you know. We're, gonna, I'm, we're ending this podcast when it's my pick. Um, All right. Well, then you don't get to talk about um, any any politics. Um, okay. So, what else did I want to talk about here? Yeah. Okay. The Tommy John guys. You got. What, what do you think about? Well, um, Brian got auto picked Severino, so we can't really talk about that. And then I really didn't. I I had pitching. Um, so that I took Chris Sale, and I I took him about fifty picks later than he's normally getting picked because he got a lot of smart people in this draft that aren't going to reach for that shit. But. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking and there wasn't anything I loved there. I know I was more strong on pitching than I was hitting, but you know what? I really just didn't want anyone else to get him there. <laughs> so like um, I was sort of playing defense. The best, uh, best offense is good defense. What do you think about that? And I, and Syndergaard went like way, way, way late yeah, to someone. Um, I think Brian took him as well. He, he took. I yeah, uh, Syndergaard might have gotten Tommy John surgery, but they didn't fix his, they didn't fix his, 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 his 10 cent head. Either a fifty cent head in the in the surgery as well. Yeah. Now, if they give him brain surgery at the same time, I might take him. You know. <laughs> I, you know but uh, I, you know, I know, a guy's coming off Tommy John man the first year. You know, and Dan Kenyon, uh, shout out to him. Uh, you know, who's in this NFC? You know, he's you know he's made this point many times. You know, he doesn't. You know, guys coming off Tommy John surgery for the first year. Uh, it takes it takes a while to get it back. Their control and their command uh, and whatever. I mean, how many guys really have we just? And they're going to be limited anyway. And, you know, and sales not going to get back till May, end of May. So what are you really going to get out of them there? I mean, I don't know. so, but, you know, <clears throat> I'm not going to take those guys right now. I'd rather, I'd rather take guys that are locked down. You know, I don't have to, I don't have to be, you know, the smartest guy in the draft room all the time. You know, and, and, I'm, and, you, and you might say that I'm not, but I, I am, but I don't have to be. I don't have to prove that, oh, I got this guy. Look, I showed you, and I got, I got him, whatever. He should have took him here. All right. You were, you were right on that one when I took nine other guys, you know, that, uh, you know, that made up for that. So I, I don't really have to go after and chase that down uh, to do that to build a pitching staff. You know, if I need sale, you know, at that point to uh, be my third or fourth starter or whatever, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going for that this year. But All right. So before we, before, we, before we get into anything off topic, do you want to talk about the 30, like the 30, 30, 20, 20 players? Like, I just what I gave you. I don't know if you saw, but I said the steamer, the projection system, which I don't really, I don't really put put a lot of anything in it. But it's just kind of fun to look at. They have they project these players to go twenty twenty. Buxton, Rosarina, Louis Robert, 
J-Ram, Bichette, Story, Tatis, Acuna, Trey Turner, Modesty, Shocker, right? Is there anyone else that they don't think anyone's going to go 30-30? Do you think anyone else can? No, so, so, so wait a minute. They, they predicted who? They predicted Buxton as what? Yeah, 2020. He's going to go 2020. Yeah, okay. He's actually one of the most – like, if you, like, actually – is, is, is 2020 the ambulance speed that's going to take him to the hospital? I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> no, I, exactly. I don't know. But um, that's what they're saying. They're, they were high on him last year, too, and they were wrong. So, well, right. I mean, they weren't necessarily wrong, but yeah. – if, if you're planning on taking, uh, you know, bucks in, you know, so I, I don't, don't know about that. He's a tough one. So anyone else? Is there anyone else that you think could uh, break into that tier this year? What, like, the, like Kyle Tucker is not listed, but he could he could be somebody that that does it. Um, but he's but you're paying up for him. Now we're done talking fantasy baseball, and then yeah. and then looking and then talking about what you Canadians are like laughing at right now, basically. So yeah, we're we're now onto the potpourri section of the um, podcast. The potpourri. This is the potpourri section of the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so what 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 is the Canadian perspective of America right now, basically over the last? You know, four years and what it's, what it's culminating in right now. What is it? What, what, what do Canadians say about what's going on in America? Well, over the, well, when you're asking over the last four years, I never really paid attention to anything going on in America besides sports. Um, right. Uh, three of those, the first three of those four years. Now, this year, over the last eight months or so, I've been paying a lot more attention to what's going on uh, politically. And I was never a political person. I didn't care. How do you listen to the president? Okay. And you listen, what he says. It's all under control. We're rounding the corner. It's all taken care of. It's, it's all the, it's all going away. We're all fine. We've defeated it. It's great. Okay, so don't worry about it. We're all good, right? Right. It's, it's all, you know, it, it's, it's like we we in, in America we live in alternate reality. This is what we live in every day. It's a, we live in a, in a in a bizarre parallel universe of alternate reality stupidity. That's where we live every single day. Okay. And it, this has nothing to do with basically Republicans and Democrats or whatever else or whatever party you vote for. I don't give a rat's ass. I tell you the truth, over the years, as I said before, I didn't give a shit. I have a lot of Republican friends. Don't care. You know, if you have your viewpoint, I believe in this policy, fine. Okay? We're, talk, we're talking about something much greater than that right now. You know, and, and people, if people don't get it, you know, at this point, I, mean, I know there's a lot of people in this industry that you know, go on both sides of the fence, you know, in the fantasy industry here, you know. I just got to say, those are just willfully, willingly ignorant people, if that's the case. At this, at this stage of the game, you know, it doesn't mean you have to be a rocket science to figure out that, you know, something's inherently wrong with the fuck's going on right now and, with, and, and, the, and the negative effects have Look around, okay? But again, that's how propaganda works. It's like, they don't, no, 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 that, that's not what's happening, you know? That's, that's how Hitler worked. Oh, no, 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 we're not killing six million Jews. No, 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 you know, we're not, we're not doing that. We're doing this all for the, the greater good, for the, the master, for the master race. Everything's cool. It's the same kind of mentality, man. That, that, and, it, and it plays to the base people of society, the lower third people of society, the worst impulses of people. And it's an existential threat to the, to the country. People don't have to agree with me, you know? I mean, even though they should, they don't have to agree with me. I'm just going to tell you, people of intelligence who understand that have a brain in their head who can see things clearly as it is, see it as it is this way. I, I, I lived through a lot of shitty presidents of my time in this country, right? I mean, in my opinion, you know? We is Trumpy Trump Trump the worst one? What? Is Trumpy the worst one, in your opinion? Uh, I, 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 I would rather have 10 George Bushes back in office than this, than this, than this douchebag, okay? But that's just my, but again, this is my opinion, okay? 
you know, you know, I'm, I'm still the same, whether you just disagree with it or not, I'm still the same wonderful guy. I, 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 I might think you're a raging fucking idiot because you love and support him and I'm going to vote for him. That's fine. Go get your tax cut, supposed tax cut or a supposed whatever you think it's going to be to your benefit. Right. And at what cost? Okay. And then, and then we're going to go, Oh, we never, we never, you know, it, it, it's, it's just, it's, it all history repeats itself. It all comes to fruition. You know, we, we, we are just inherently you know, stupid people. Have you ever seen the movie Idiocracy? That's what's going on in this country right now. Okay. We live in a society that caters to stupid people. Okay. To not to intelligence and not to science and none of that stuff or not to truth, you know, not to decency, not to honesty, not to integrity, not to character. We live in a society now that, that, that caters to the opposite of that. And I'm ready when this whole fucking election's all over, I gotta tell you. You know, I think a good suggestion we, we would be is we should have the Trump family Nuremberg trials. That's what we should do in this case. Okay. We gotta, when it all when they're all run out of our, out of a rail and everybody starts going, they're all starting to jump ship already in this country. They all you can only you can start seeing the cracks because the writing's on the wall, this guy's gonna get routed out of office right here because people have had enough. Of the, of the whole thing. And it, it's going to, you're going to hold, everybody's going to start being, oh, I really wasn't, whatever. You know, fuck you. I think we should round all these people up for the greater good of society. Okay. And they should all be put on trial. I think, I think, and it, cause it would become full circle. He's always like, lock them up, lock them up. Well, I think that the entire family and everybody related to them and all these cronies and lackeys and sycophants that have been in his camp this whole time, that, that the ruin of God knows how many people's lives and deaths should all be rounded up and put on trial. Now, of course, we know it's not going to happen in America because we are a greater country and we will, we will rise above all that, you know, and we will all remember, we'll all remember back in history, we'll remember when, we're all going to remember this back in, you know, and all we can hope for is that we learn from our mistakes, you know, but in, in an MGM world, you know, nothing, in, 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 what I'd love to see happen would be that, it would make for a good movie, but it's not going to happen in reality at this point, but that's how, that's how strongly I feel because I am a person, basically, who can basically make still make in this country rational decisions okay and have a rational viewpoint on things okay so it doesn't have to be it doesn't mean about not about gun control it's not about abortion or you know gun rights it's not about abortion rights it's not about religious shit none of that crap that's all a fucking smoke screen for what the hell's going on in this country right now so what what is going on what's 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 your what's your boggle what's your what's your problem because look for, for me for me, for, for me, like when when the u.s gets when the u.s sneezes canada catches a hope catches a cold so we, we feel what you feel, and, and there's a trickle-down effect. You feel the ripple effect? You feel yeah. the ripple effect of everything? Yeah, but like okay. really, okay, like Trump comes off like a douchebag, right? But he comes off as a douchebag? No, there's a difference between coming off. I, I can come off as a douchebag from time to time, okay? But it, a lot of it's, it's an act. I'm not a douchebag. I'm a wonderful human being, right? That's, that's, what, right I said, that's what I said at the start of this episode. I, I am a wonderful human being. Ask anybody who knows me, okay? And definitely ask me, because I always tell you, I'm a wonderful human being, okay? A lot, they, he, I don't. I, I may act like that once in a while for an effect or whatever. This person or this whatever it embodies it. it the, the, he, it is for real. Okay, that's not fake. That's not, so it's how, not a how, joke. How, but okay, so he is a douchebag. So how? But how does that? How is it impacting your life? I'm not saying it's not. How does it impact your life and and the people you care about? My life. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean <laughs> truth of matter. You know, try being a, a, a business owner. Like I have my own company right now, and and we all, we we all like had to line up to get like government bailout money. You know, uh, the PPP money to keep our, our employees hired and food on the table, and you know, giving you know, be able to pay our benefits, our mortgages and shit like that. 
okay? You know, the, 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 the economic, you know, it's like the economy president, right? Okay, well, take a look at the economy we got now at this result, right? But it's, but it's, and again, nobody's fault, right? It's a Chinese fault. We're gonna blame the Chinese and we're gonna, we're gonna blame the Democrat. We're gonna blame other factors. Guess what? Where I came from, what I learned about leadership and as a leader myself in my own company and my own world, what I teach leadership, Okay? If, you're, if you're in office, if you're in power, get it, right, it falls right on you. If you were a general, he says, he say, I'm a wartime president, okay? and you go into battle in a war, and you lose 250,000 of your fucking people, okay? guess what? That's on your hands. Okay? It's not on anybody else's hands. It's on your hands, and that's how it is. And if Obama was in office or, any, or anybody a Democrat, they'd be blaming him left and right. I can't fucking stand hypocrisy. Okay? And there are a lot of people who probably are all oh, are uproar when they're hearing this kind of crap. If you're upset by what I'm saying and you're a Republican still voting for Trump, it's because you're a fucking hypocrite. That's the problem. Okay. And I, I can't stand hypocrisy. You know, you call you call I remember people calling Obama a Nazi. I, I, I saw I was out in front of US postal post offices and there was there was posters out in front. People out had they had Obama dressed up as a Nazi with a mustache. He was a Nazi. Okay. Really? Okay? And then they say, oh, the socialists, okay? Uh, right. Yeah, we don't want socialism in this country, right? Because you know how terrible, you know, so some socialist programs would be, God forbid, right? But, with, but, but Nazism is okay. Right-wing extremism is fine. That's acceptable, right? Right? So this is what I'm talking about. Don't be fucking hypocritical, all right, with me about everything. And then you point fingers and they, they want to tell you, no, 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 that's not us. That's you. I know you are, but what am I? That's what we got going on right now in this country, okay? That's, what, that's what's happening. In, in, in America. So yeah, it's a complete shit show. Okay. You know, we, everybody, everybody being sick, everything's shut down. Everybody's complaining. Oh, everything's shut down. I can't, I can't live my life. Well, why is that? Okay. A simple thing, like a, like a fucking $2 mask has become politicized. Okay. Over a mask to wear a freaking, and I look, do I like wearing masks? Do I enjoy wearing masks? No one does. Okay. Is everybody, is everybody fed up of wearing a mask? Sure they are. Okay, but we, why are we in this state right now? If we'd all worn it together in the beginning, it's been proven, science says this, this thing would probably be over at this point by simple things in the beginning, okay? But again, we're too divided, and that starts at the top as well. You know, it's us against them for every damn thing. And that's why we're in the situation we're in right now. So you know what, you reap what you sow, so don't complain, okay, the people that are in you. If you, if you only have yourself to blame if you voted for them and you have these people in office at this point. You know, and we saw this whole thing when the when the, when the collapse in 2007, 2008. You know, and you know Obama came in with Biden the first time and saved the economy, you know, the auto industry, and saved the economy from Bush and everything. And it took eight years to get it back on track, and it was doing well. And then we're told, no, no, it's not that well. And now it's in the shitter again. Okay, mm-hmm. and that's everybody else's fault, right? So yeah, you, yes, you're right. We sneeze, you feel it affect. We're, we're the greatest nation in the world, superpower. It's supposed to be that way, you know. And look, look, look where we are. Look what we become. But you gotta, you gotta, but, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have a lot of dumb people in your country, though, because I think that the, the COVID rate per capita, I think, signifies like how fucking dumb your citizens are. I agree 100% with you. Okay, because what happens is when you, you know, the, all the, all the, all the dumb people, okay, were, 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 were kept in check by the smart people for a while. Now we open up the floodgates and we, em- we embolden the stup- stupidity. We embolden dumb people to come out of the woodwork. We embolden, you know, the right-wing extremists. We got freaking people marching on state buildings with guns say, for quote-unquote our protection, these militias and shit like this. This is, how, this is how fucking crazy it is, okay? So that's what happens. There's consequences, okay, to having this. 
Okay, and it goes a lot more um, um, more than just like a guy you know who just acts like a, who talks like an asshole you know who who insults people shit like that. It goes a lot deeper than that, right? It just does. So it, and it also comes full circle. It affects my fantasy baseball. Worst of all things, I can't I can't have my fucking live events. You know, uh, we got to wear a mask in our fucking events. They had the seasons cut down in baseball. Atlanta sixty game season. You know, again, I blame Trump for that shit. Okay, tomorrow, run this country. If I would, I, I, better than this moron that's been in office for three and a half, no problem. I could step in because I'm smart enough to know that I don't know every, everything and, I, and, and, and I'm not a, some genius savant that just makes up shit here to surround myself with people who know what the fuck's going on, right? Exactly. So, because he came in knowing nothing. So that, that, another thing that shows the world, you know, we, we put somebody in who knows nothing about it. He's not even a good business person at all, okay? He's got by on, on on lies and being corrupt and doing illegal dealings and you know blowing through all. This. It's it's all black and white, dude. The facts are out there, but facts don't matter right now. Okay, it's like you look at all the stat cast measures of a baseball, a fantasy baseball. Would you do that if you you're getting ready for a fantasy draft for high? So you all this money invested in it, and you look you research all these players, and everything tells you, okay, this guy's going to be a bust. It's going to be a disaster, whatever. And you draft him anyway, right? Yeah, you know, and he, he's on the shelf because he's looking at Tommy Johnson, and that's what it's like when you when you draft or you, you or when you vote someone like this in, because it's all there. People knew this, okay, but you but when you're lazy and you're complacent and you know you take shit for granted, this is what happens. So you know so, what we got? We all got we the, we, we the dessert. We all got we the, all people. All I can hope is that when people hear this, okay, if I if I affect one or two people to go out and get off their asses that are listening to this thing to go vote and not sit home. We can change things, and I can get back to my normal life of just talking about fantasy baseball and worrying about that, right? And having everything get back to a better place where I can start making more money again, like I want to, so I can put money back in the back in fantasy baseball. Okay. So you're saying the people that are, the people that are voting for Trump are like the people that drafted Chris Sale last year? They knew what they were getting into. Yeah, as a as a race, they knew what they were. They were you're just asking for it. Yeah, they drafted like they're, they're drafting Trump as a race when they knew he was like. Well, you know, his no, arms no, no, I, I might I might get something good at it. So I may, there's a risk if something bad happened. I might get something good at it. So I'm gonna go give it a shot. Okay, <laughs> that kind of that that kind of mentality, you know. I mean, and and that and that that's the where we are as we sit in this country. And I can guarantee you, okay, there are plenty of people. You know, listening to this right now, oh, they're all up in arms or whatever. I, I would love that educated debate with some of these people, but you know what? It's impossible to, okay? Because there is no educated debate because you're talking to you know, a, a, a brick wall. You're talking to people that are brainwashed, right? It's like it's like it's like seeing those movies. I don't know if you remember that. Do you remember the TV series V? Remember that for Visitor? Remember that? No. I don't know if you remember this series back at American Television. Go look it up on YouTube. V about Visitor. These aliens came to Earth and they were they looked like humans and they came as visitors and they were coming as friends, right? But meanwhile, okay, it's on my list of things to do. We we learned that they were all like they were all like lizard people in human flesh, right? That that's what the, that's what they think about the Illuminati. If you look at this, is what we're doing. We're dealing with the Illuminati at play right now. The secret society of lizard people. Of you know, that's we have aliens that are in charge of this country right now. This is what it's like. So you're that's saying don't don't draft Trump as your SP one? Exactly. Where would don't you, you draft, where, 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 where would you draft Trump in a draft? Well, we're, no, nowhere. Right? Why, why would it take him anywhere in a draft? I don't know. Okay, who would you draft first? Um, Trump or uh, Madison Bumgarner? Ooh, that's tough, though. That's close. But uh, no, I have to go with Bumgarner. You, you, know, took, you took him in one of the drafts. 
Yeah, the 36th round. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So why not? Well, how much exposure am I going to have to get Madison Bumgarner in the 36th round? Why, why draft? Okay, why draft Bumgarner in round 36 when you can draft James Shield in round 50? Here's the difference. Here's the difference. Okay. See, I don't have to, if I draft Bumgarner, okay, I don't have to put him, I don't have to play him. Okay. He, he, I have an option of him not hurting me. If I vote or draft, vote in Trump, okay, or if someone votes in Trump, we have no choice. Okay. You're, 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 you're going to get hurt no matter what. That's what happens. You have no options. Oh, this is not working out too well. I'm going to bench him. Okay. It's not yeah. best ball. Voting for president isn't best ball. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not. It's not. So yeah, so that so that that's the situation. That's my rant. You know, whatever. I I, get, I can't wait to hear the feedback on this one. So uh, that's how I ended up. In we'll, have to, we'll have to we'll have to promo this as um, I don't know, maybe we'll play this. We'll have to play this backwards because this is this is such gold at the back of the back of the podcast. Yeah, how MTM snaps at the end, completely loses shit politically. Yeah, held it together. I think you were. Um, well, you had no patience for anyone who voted for Trump. That voted for Trump, but. I think you um, you made your. No, I, I I guess I, I don't, you were you were you were respectful. You I'd say you were respectful. You made but I don't. I, but I, but that's just my. I I just don't have tolerance for those people anymore. In the beginning, maybe I had whatever, but it gradually over time, as you sung further in the situation, I have no, I have zero tolerance now at all. Okay, you can still be, you know, my acquaintance, and we can be friendly and whatever. You but I, you know, but I, if you it's still, you know, if you can even you can't even say. At least enough to say, like, okay, I recognize that I made some mistakes, and this isn't right, and this is not okay, and everything else like that. And I was hoping for this, that, and the other thing, and whatever. There's some things I really like. If you, if you can at least be logical or semi-rational about it, I get it, okay? But these people that are blindly just, like, just, what I just, just going to do it again, that, those people are, are messed in the head. And there's something wrong with people that just do that. I'm just going to just, well, I'm just going to close my eyes, hold my nose, and I'm going to, you know, vote this guy again after what we've been through. Okay, so I mean, but whatever you would, people do what they want. It doesn't matter. That's just my opinion. You know, I happen to be right historically, right? the majority of the time. I didn't make it as many years in my life. You know, not making a lot of bad decisions, a lot of big, big decisions. Take it for what it's worth. So, um, what, it's worth. what if um, if Biden wins? Got one question for you. Victory lap or no? Oh, that'll be a major, big, big, big. No, of course. <laughs> no. Has to be a victory lap. Personally, that you know me, you know, I'm not going to be a person that's going to do that. Of course, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to rub it in many people's faces as, as, as possible. So, right? how's it are you going to find out right away on Tuesday night? Like, is there a waiting period because of all this voting shit? I don't know. Yeah, we're probably, probably not going to know, and they'll, they'll probably be. Of course, they'll be resisting. You know, the the, the playbook. Get out. Oh, it's going to be like a stat, stat correction. It's going to be. There's going to be like a whole, you know, uh, legal action and claims of fraud and you know, the, 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 oh, you can see it all coming right now. Yeah, pine, so pine, it'd be like the pine, the pine tar incident. Did, did anybody really think for, for a second that, that Trump is going to admit defeat and he's going to go quietly at night and graciously transfer power over to the next president of the United States? You, you, did anybody listening to this really think it's going to fucking happen? Okay, and, I, and, I, and the more and, and he's so he's so fucking stupid as are the people that back him that they want to they want to prevent votes from being counted, okay, which is going to affect them just as bad too. You know, but they think they think that they're doing themselves a favor. So go ahead, go out and try to prevent folks from being counted. See how much it helps. They need every vote possible right now to come through on their side because. But I, I think they've they've analyzed all that stuff. So I think they know exactly where they need the votes because that's where they that's how they want it. They didn't he didn't win the populist vote last uh, last time, so he knew exactly where he wanted to target. They're sort of like like Trump's like campaign staff is probably sort of like the Tampa Bay um, pitching um, 
the pitching uh, their pitching coach. They know exactly where to use their bullpen. They're, they're maybe not the best, but they're not the best overall. But they know how to know how and when to use their their relievers and and tar- and when to target and when and how to play matchups. He's, and that's what Trump's doing. Yeah, maybe maybe the first time around. You know, you might, you might, uh, you might get fool, fool me once. You might, we might, we may not see blindsided, not see it coming, but not this time around, man. Not yeah. this time around. So I mean, I, I'm just unless, 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 as I said before, we, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm giving a lot of credit uh, to the American people and the way they're going out and and voting in droves like never before. You know, um, and in mass the way they are right now and mobilizing I, across this country. I think people get it. They're going to leave no doubt. Oh, I think people can go and vote in mass, like with all the shit that was going on in the U.S. And people don't care, like as like as a whole, people don't care about the virus anymore. Like things are happening. They're having parades because the Dodgers won the World Series. They're mm-hmm. having protests. They're like doing all these things that they they they, 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 say. they, they, they look, man. There's pros and cons in having a free, open society, man. You know what I mean? You take the good with the bad, and then whatever. You know. So I, don't, I, mean, I don't. I don't think. I think voting is. I think going out and having these people vote is the least of their worries, given what's going on in the last couple of months. So. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But yeah. we 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 shall see, Zach, and of course I'll have my victory lap show. You know. Um, you know, and I will. Uh, you know, should I, I should do I should do an election I should do a, an election prediction. All right. So, um, in terms of the uh, thing, I think I'll, I will say Biden wins it in a landslide with uh, at least 320 plus electoral votes. That's what I'm going to say. Okay. Okay. That's what I'm. That's what I'm going to predict. And I and I may be under predicting at that point. That's what I, that's what I'm going to say. Really? Okay. Well, I'm I'm interested to see who wins just because it's just uh, such an interesting topic right now. And I think it's, um, I think I've realized. And, 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 and I will make a vow. I will never, if, I, if we get the scumbag put away, that's going to be the best, the best thing that you could ever do to Trump, okay, is make him be irrelevant, okay? And once he's irrelevant and he's at whatever and done, it's, it's going to be a beautiful thing, okay? And you're going to just see him deteriorate away into nothing like the rest of his, you know, his rest of his people. It's going to be a wonderful thing, okay? And that'll be great. I will never talk about politics, on a podcast or on a show or anything else again that has to do with it ever once this is done. Uh, I, I don't care who the hell, I don't care if another Republican gets in, you know, unless they're worse than Trump somehow, which, which I don't think is doable. I don't think we're that, you know, that stupid to do that twice in, in my lifetime, at least, you know, I'll be long gone by the time the next Trump type person comes along at this point. So uh, that's kind of how it is. You know, uh, and again, Trump, I, Trump I, welcome, I, I welcome, and again, I just openly welcome all for that as we wrap up the show, Glad into me, man. I love it. You'll hit me up on hit me on Twitter at Godfather and FBC. You know, hit me up on you know you know put the comments in the show. You know, DM you. You know, at, 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 at what are you, what's what is it? Podcast draft champagne at draft champagne. God, rip me. I love it. I I because you know I, I I basically reveled in the stupidity. I, I I laugh at it. I think it's great. You know, I can dish it out, and guess what? I can take it. And that's the other point. Talk about it on Twitter. Now, you know the big, you know, funny thing. I, I love how they call people that are the, 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 you know, we're the snowflakes, right? The Democrats, the, 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 the anti-Trump. We're the snowflakes, right? You know. And meanwhile, as soon as they're challenged on anything, as soon as they're, 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 they're they fall apart. They cry and they whine. And they bitch, and we're the victims. And woe is me, and whatever. I mean, oh, it's a deep state after me. They, they're the biggest pussies that I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay, they're, they're the biggest cowardly pussies. They are. Now you really get me fired up. Those, those are the ones that call. Oh, you're the snowflake. No, you're the snowflakes. You're the snowflakes, not us. Because you know what? We're in the right. 
Okay, and and, and right is it, that that's what we that's what we should be worried about. about who's right right now? Okay, about what's right and good, and let's not forget about that because we were that way. Because we are we are better than what the hell's going on in this country right now. We are better than this, right? And we, and, we, and I think we're Americans are going to approve it on uh, on uh, election day. Um, otherwise, uh, save a spot for me in Canada. That's all I okay. have to say. Okay, I've got a bunk bed here for you. Perfect. We got a lot of fantasy baseball content. We got a lot of uh, got a lot of political content at the end. But it, lucky we saved it for the end. So maybe we'll make it into two podcasts. Well, um, I'll make no, sure we. It's, 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 it's all going to get out there, man. You know. Yeah, it's all it's all going into one. It's all, it's going, all going in. It's all going in, man. After after losing two hours of my material last time, you know, you're putting it all in. Just edit it up nice and nice. Put a nice intro song in there. You know, I, I got, I got a great out. We're gonna get, a, we're gonna get a great intro like you requested, and then we're gonna get a great outro that's gonna fit the political, um, like the the political speech you just had. Right, my political rant that I just did. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah, you're the this the speech. It's like the speech you just gave is like historic. So, which, which yeah. of course, the majority of your listeners who are hopefully are intelligent will appreciate and enjoy. That's it. I, I know I got some Trump supporters. Oh, then I love this show then. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, not anymore. Mm-hmm. Now you're not. Not anymore. You don't. <laughs> oh, well. They don't listen anymore at this point. Oh well. And, and, oh, well. and my followers and I and I have a tendency not to, not to hold back. You know. Oh, on, oh, uh, oh, you don't say. It. Yeah, you don't say on Twitter about about my my, my views. And I, I got to tell you, uh, I gain more followers. I, I, it's a it's a it's a constant back and forth. I lose a couple every time I unload, and I gain a couple. So I'm pretty much hovering the same number of followers uh, where I am right now. But I really should have more followers. But uh, for more great insights on fantasy baseball and life, uh, please uh, make sure you feel like following uh, at, at, at Godfather and FBC. And-